Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it. Oh, McKinley Wright. Welcome into the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by the Colorado XOs. I'm Henry Chisholm, and today we're going to talk about the scholarship situation, the recruiting situation. Um, those are two different things, uh, but they're kind of related. So, uh, first of all, there were some pretty big commitments. I mean, maybe not the biggest commitments, honestly. Uh, there weren't any like four stars or anything like that. Um, but there were two commitments that came in this week for the 2022 class, which brings uh, that count to seven. Or seven members of the 2022 class for CU so far. Talk a little bit through that class just because we haven't spent that much time on it yet. And uh, this gives us a good excuse to... And then there's some uh, portal news to get to, and that's kind of what I'm more interested in, which probably not too much of a surprise. The, that's what I'm more interested in. Um, there's news like uh, Atonza Vonger, for example. Um, the, the safety from, oh, wow, I, I believe he was TCU. Yeah, he was definitely TCU because he played with Trayvon Merrick. Um, yeah, but uh, he decommitted. And basically said recruiting's still open, uh, could still wind up at Colorado, I guess, um, could also not. I saw uh, Aaron Maddox, our old friend, respond to, uh, I think it was Brian Howell's tweet about the decommitment with a video of his highlights. You know, we'll get into that a little bit. Um, Luke McCaffrey of, you know, the McCaffreys. Uh, so he was at Nebraska played a little bit this season, transferred to Louisville over the offseason, was there for a few weeks, and then uh, just entered the transfer portal again. You know, because he's a Colorado guy, because Sam Neuer left, there's going to be people talking about potential Luke McCaffrey uh, to Colorado type of stuff. So we'll get into a little bit of that too. Um Colorado has two scholarships, I believe, right now, still open for this season. Uh, so th I would expect to see two more people in camp. Um, you know, the way it works this year is you get your normal, oh boy, this is this is going to be a test, 85, yep, it's 85 scholarships that you get every season, plus however many seniors you have. Um, because those seniors are obviously like, they were supposed to be gone this year, and if counting them meant that you had to get rid of other recruits, then that would uh, that would really suck. So things don't work that way. Um, so with the tons of Onger leaving, that brings the count from one to two. Uh, Sam Neuer, because he was a senior, 
Um, that just means that the scholarship limit, instead of being, I think it was like 89 because it's 85 plus the four seniors. Or no, I think it was 90. I think it was 85 plus five. Now it goes down to uh, 89 because that just, you just no longer need to have the extra one for Sam. Um, so that's kind of plan today and uh, get into like where, where are these other two scholarships going to go? Um, because I have some uh, questions about that. Uh, first though, we're going to run through this, uh, this recruiting class so far, talk about the two most recent commits um, and then uh, move on pretty quickly into some of the, some of the other roster building type of stuff. And before we do that, I'm going to say a couple more words about the presenting sponsor of this podcast, the Colorado XOs. So for those of you who don't know, the Colorado XOs are a rugby team here in Glendale, Colorado. They share a training facility with the U.S. national team. They're taking athletes who play other sports, putting them into like their rugby mix, and then uh, ideally getting them onto that U.S. national team. It's a cool project that just started. This is their first season. You can follow along with DNVR Rugby on Twitter, DNVR Rugby, like the, the, the DNVR Rugby podcast, I guess, and then uh, the written content at thednvr.com. All right. Like I said, we're going to fly through uh, this recruiting class here first of all. So uh, the, the two new commitments this week um, came from, let's see, I think, I think Zach Courtney was first. He's a tight end from Post, Texas. Um, what, what day is today? Today is the ninth. So these came in. These came in on Monday, um, but he was the first. And then after him, uh, the Buffs got a commitment from Ronald Lewis, the defensive back from New Orleans, six two one seventy five. Honestly, not a whole lot out there about these guys. Um, but here's what I can say. Zach Courtney is not ranked by 24-7 sports. He's the tight end. I think it's easy to look at that and be disappointed. You know, I can't remember the name of the 2021 tight end. It was one of the last pieces that they've put into the, the current recruiting class. Um, but he was another one. I think he might have been like a low three-star or something like that. Tight end's a weird position. And it's all about how you fill out the frame. And having the frame, which he certainly does. At 6'7", 235, um, solid football player, or solid size for a football player for sure. Um, the, the list of offers, again, doesn't really inspire confidence. I think uh, no Power 5 offers, but there was an offer to BYU, which is basically like a power five program, I guess, but independent, you know, it's not the same as like Notre Dame, which is an independent, absolutely on the level of a power five program. But I think it's fair saying BYU's there outside of that. You've got like Northern Arizona, Texas state, Fresno state, that kind of stuff. Um, again, with tight ends, it's more about how you develop because so much of that skill set you just don't have in high school. Like, typically, like, a high school tight end is just big and fast if they're really good. And this guy's my guess, and I guess watching just a little bit of the tape on him, he's big, he's just not all that fast. That's fine, though, you know, because there, there are plenty of tight ends who succeed who aren't fast, and it's because they have the the technique, the the feel for the game, the the route running 
of the hands, the, all those sorts of things. But when you're just evaluating high school tight ends, it's kind of, and this is true of a lot of, of recruiting, I feel like, it's, uh, it's just like the size-speed combination. And he has the size, and he made some good grabs, I thought, when, when I took like a brief look at the things that he did. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a tight end, and you kind of just have to see what happens with him. Uh, they, they like ran some tight end screens and let him go make some plays. Again, nothing all that flashy, but he was a big dude, and he's six foot seven. And if he fills out and can get from like 235 to, to maybe even like 250 for a guy like him, who knows what's going to happen? Um, the, uh, the, the other, uh, new commitment, Ronald Lewis, they call him a safety, 6'2", 175. Um, he actually went to Warren Easton High School, which is uh, the, the same high school that uh, Ashad Clayton went to. And there was some stuff on Twitter, Ashad is excited to see him. And, you know, wasting a scholarship on a guy who will make Ashad feel like more comfortable, happier, whatever... If, if you really do think that, that he has the talent that we've all kind of been told that he has and saw on his high school tape, it's kind of worth it, honestly. Um, on top of that, you know, he is a good football player. Um, a lot more offers, a um, bunch of Power 5 offers, uh, schools like, um, just say Kansas is up there, Um Oregon State in the Pac-12, Purdue, uh, Virginia, West Virginia. You know, it's a, a much more filled out roster or, or offer sheet, sorry. Um, you watch him play, obviously, at 6'2", 175, the length shows up as you'd expect it to. There's good ball skills, good feel for where the pass is going. Um, still just like a three-star recruit, um, but fast long pretty exciting football player i think I and mean, again i'm not the biggest recruiting nerd maybe we should have we should have somebody on to talk about this soon but uh yeah from there you know you've got the the guys that we've known about for a few months now uh first one there are actually a couple in february dylan dixon db from perlin texas also six foot two again kind of key in on what's going on there you got the length um, Carlton Madden, 6'3", 233, defensive end from Ellenwood, Georgia. Um, Owen McCown was March. The other three came in March before these two this week. Um, Owen McCown, let's see, is he, I believe he's Josh McCown's son? It sucks that there are two McCowns. Um, let's see, I, I should check on this. I think it's Josh McCown. Um Oh, it's premium content. Oh, well. Um, point is, he's one of the McCown brothers' sons. Uh, had offers to UNLV, Virginia Tech, Louisiana, some some good schools. Um, and uh, I, I think they list him as a dual threat. He's pretty mobile. Skinny needs to put on some weight. Um, but he throws a good ball, has a, has a good arm. Um, again, exciting. And he'll be on campus in a year and there's a chance he'll see the field in two years, and we can kind of revisit it then. Um, Victor Venn, 
little running back from Buford, Georgia. I really like him. He's the one in this class who I I think is my favorite at this point. I think, what do they say, 5'10", 170, super fast. Um, runs a lot like Jarek, not just because of the speed, but he just has good senses for the holes developing. And he's aggressive in the way he hits them. You know, he's he's going right off the hips of his blockers. He's he's not like waiting too long, but he's waiting long enough for things to get open. Then hits the hole really hard. Uh, can can break some tackles. Can can make some plays once he gets out in space. He's gonna be a lot of fun in a couple of years. Who knows? Maybe no. It's probably gonna be a couple of years before we really see him. Um, and the, the the final piece of this class so far, uh, Keyshawn Mills, a receiver from Texas. What they say, six foot one eighty seven, had offers to Wyoming or no? Wyoming didn't offer. Did have the Kansas offer though. So yeah, kind of just wanted to run through those guys real quick before we got into this other stuff, um, which we're going to do right after this uh, quick break. First of all, I want to remind you guys, if you are not members of DMVR yet, you're missing out. There's a bunch of really cool things going on all the time. Uh, let's see. What's tonight? Tonight's the Nuggets again. So we'll be down at the bar. If you're there, you're a member. You get uh, you get a big beer for the size of a small beer. It's a good deal. Um, on top of that, you get access to all like the written content, all those sorts of things, of course. Uh, and so make sure that you uh, look into that. Also, um, Strava Craft Coffee is a CBD-infused coffee that is really changing people's lives. Um, you can check the reviews out for yourself, but, but this CBD coffee will help with things like uh, chronic he- headaches, joint pains, IBS, uh, so many other things. It doesn't cause any jitters, which is pretty cool, um, especially if you drink like multiple cups every day. And they have uh, some awesome deals going on right now. Uh, things like if you want to check out their coffee, you can use the code DNVR25. Get 25% off your first purchase. Um, they have all sorts of products like uh, K-Cups or Whole Beans or Grounds or whatever. And uh, you can check all that out, by the way, at their website, StravaCraftCoffee.com. Um, and... If you want to commit to any of those products, you can actually subscribe, get them shipped to you every two, four, six, or eight weeks, and you'll get 20% off every single time. Uh, it's really cool because, you know, obviously coffee is something that you just run through consistently, whether you drink like a cup a day, a few cups a day, that winds up being gone in two, four, or six, eight, two, four, six, or eight weeks. You never have to worry about running out of coffee because you know it's just going to show up Um right there at your door. Um, again, that code is DMVR25 for 25% off at StravaCraftCoffee.com or get 20% off every time by subscribing. Also, I uh, want to give a shout out to our friends over at DraftKings who are back with uh, the, the same promotion they've had going for a couple weeks now. It's a good one. You bet $1 on any basketball team to win and... Uh, if they win, you get $100. It's a pretty good deal. Um, it's the top-rated sportsbook app in the country. Uh, it's the only one I use. And, you know, if if you just, like, look back to last week, I, I think I said this a couple days ago, but 
like when John Rahm had a six shot lead, was forced to withdraw because he wound up testing positive for COVID, they paid out all the John Rahm bets. That's a uh, that's the kind of stuff that they do. You don't have to worry. Like obviously, like all the shady offshore like websites, there's no way that they're paying that out. And on top of that, like it's 50-50, you're gonna get your money anyway. Uh, but when it comes to uh, all of the like legal ones, DraftKings is the absolute best because they don't just do what's required. They take care of you. Um, and again, pick any game this week. Pick the winner. Bet a dollar. Get $100 in site credits. Um, plus, you can always just bet on whatever else is going on. So download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DMVR when you sign up and turn $1 into $100 in free credits. Bet on the basketball team of your choice to win their next game, and if they do, you claim $100 in free credits. That's promo code DNVR for a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only. Wager paid out in site credits. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right. So, um, pretty big week for the buffs in terms of, you know, Sam Neuer entering the transfer portal as well as Atanza Vonger decommitting. Um, like I said earlier, that leaves them with two open scholarships. Also, we don't know for sure that Atanza Vonger won't go to Colorado. I think that that's still very much on the table, but figuring out where he fits probably will take another month or so. And I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, if, if the right player becomes available Colorado just says, hey, you know what? We want to put this last scholarship or one of these two last scholarships to good use, and we're just going to find a, a safety, you know, somebody who we like. And obviously there's like two ways that they could go um, with either of these scholarships. Um, they, they could look to uh, the, the like transfer portal and try to find somebody there. They could also just add another freshman. Um, as it stands right now, let's see. They've got 19 commits in this class. Um, that's a that's a, a solid number. You know, I feel like that's got to be pretty close to the average. Maybe 20 is the average. And on top of that, obviously, like 20. If you get 20 a year, then you wind up getting like. 80 over four years, but then you have the red shirts, which is just about everybody. And then you're looking at 90, but then just based off of like your, your natural attrition, you're going to lose five guys and that's going to get you down to your 85 with the transfer portal. I almost wonder if the best strategy at this point is to go a little bit light in terms of your recruiting classes and pay a little bit more attention to the transfer portal. I think that for Colorado in particular, that makes sense um, because I think that there are still spots on the roster where you'd like to see more depth. You know, you're, you're, you might be looking for players who can contribute right now instead of guys who could contribute down the road. Um, let's start, though, by talking about these 19 guys. Um, and more specifically, where they might have room to add more. So, 
where I look first, honestly, is middle linebacker. Um, they added Zephaniah Maya, who you know we're excited about. Uh, he famously commented on one of our DMVR post game shows. Uh, that was a good time. But that was the only inside linebacker they added. And when you look at that position, maybe you kind of like some of the guys in front of them. But at the same time, I think that you're also you're also looking at that as a position where you you need more on the way. Um, from there, you know, the other places where they're kind of light, um, you know, I was surprised to see that they don't have a tackle in that class. Um, they do have Edgar Amaya, Jackson Anderson, a couple of guards. Um, but if, if there was a tackle in this class, and I guess I could probably go check and see if there's any who, you know, either haven't committed yet which you know this this is very late to be committing for this 2021 class or maybe they've decommitted um that might be somewhere where you would look um outside of that i think it's pretty full you know they could probably add a running back um but with how many running backs they already have and because they already have victor venn in next year's class you know running back is a position where Obviously, Colorado is kind of stacked right now. And if somebody becomes available next year, you don't want to be stuck in a situation where you just have so many that there isn't room for another. Um, so I don't really think that they'd look to do that. Um, obviously, I did Drew Carter, the quarterback, so you probably don't add another there. Um, but yeah, I think that when you look at tackle, when you look at inside linebacker, Maybe even outside linebacker, you could make a case. I guess some of it depends on where they, they have a, a few guys who are just listed as athletes. Um, and that typically means either they're going to play DB or receiver. And it just kind of depends on where the team thinks they fit best. Uh, they have a corner in this class. They have a receiver in this class. I guess that, oh, they also have a safety in this, or two safeties in this class. Um, if you count Trustin Oliver, the Juco transfer, um, who was originally committed to see you um i guess that those are like two receivers and a corner but you know we'll, we'll see how that shakes out so when you look at this recruiting class though i think you look for a tackle you look for another linebacker and uh you honestly with 19 scholarships you're probably pretty happy with that number and if you start adding more than that it's going to limit your flexibility later on which again i still think that the transfer portal it's your friend. Give yourself some flexibility to add guys there. Um, next up, I want to go through this roster and just figure out where they might want to add a transfer. Um, we're going to start at safety. You know, they have Isaiah Lewis. They have Mark Perry. They have Chris Miller. They have Curtis Appleton. Um, those four, they're solid. They're solid. Isaiah Lewis is the only one, I think, who's really proven himself as a starter. Chris Miller, because of the injuries, I think you have to be just a little bit skeptical. Uh, he also played corner in the past, and this is a new transition. And I think this is a defense where a lot of the time you want a third safety on the field. Um, and, and that would probably be a Curtis Appleton or a, a Mark Perry. You also have younger guys. Um, Torin Pittman, Trustin Oliver... Ray Robinson's back there now. Um, that's 
that's solid depth. Yeah, uh, the, the, the solid developmental guys. I still think that I mean, there's a reason they went after a Tons of Anger. and I think that if if he winds up going elsewhere, I think that they do try to add a safety into the mix, um, just to have one more option, one more guy who could turn out to be worthy of starting in this group. Because as excited as I am for Mark Perry, he still has some some kinks that he needs to work out. Um, you know, you look at Curtis Appleton needs to keep growing. I, I think that safety is one of the spots you definitely look to. Um, and then even looking at the corners, you know, there there's a world, I think, where they add a corner and maybe even move Makai Blackman into the slot. Not because he can't hold his own on the outside, but because if you could find somebody else who can hold his own on the, on the outside, Makai should be, I mean, he, sh- he could absolutely be the best slot corner in college football or not in college football in the pac 12 um college football is a stretch but in the pac 12 he absolutely has that capability you put him on the outside there's some matchups that you don't love you know we talked a little bit yesterday about some of the plays he made against stanford and i thought he held his own against bigger players but when you're not asking him to do that i think you might be able to get a little bit more out of him you know you have christian gonzalez who's basically just locked in on the outside one of those spots and behind those two You've got Nigel Bethel. You've got Jalen Stryker. In a pinch, you could probably move Chris Miller back out there. It's solid depth. It's solid depth. But you could have just a little bit more punch. Um, Inside linebacker, I don't think that they add anybody there. I think that they have so many guys in that spot right now. You know, you have Nate on one side. Then you just need to find one other. Um, you have John Van Dees coming back, Quinn Perry coming back, Marvin Ham coming back. You know, out of those three, maybe you find somebody you like. You absolutely could find somebody you like. They also added two transfers already with Robert Barnes and Jack Lamb, and that's why I don't think that you even consider adding another transfer linebacker. Unless, of course, like some five-star who's a stud somewhere just gets upset, and then, then you throw an offer in because, of course, you do. But... I think that you're probably set with that group and you've got what, maybe seven guys to fill two spots. Um, although we've talked in the past about how this is probably going to be a rotation. Um, outside linebacker. I, I think you're probably set there too. Um, with, with Carson Wells, obviously on one side, you've got Jamar Montgomery, Guy Thomas and Joshka Gustav who split the snaps last year. Um, Jamar and Guy juniors, Joshka, uh, a redshirt freshman based on the way that Brian Michalowski talks about Joshka Gustav. I think they'd have to be happy with this group. You know, I think that there's a world where Joshka takes over that starting job and becomes kind of a stud opposite Carson Wells. But even if not, they were solid at that position last year with that three man rotation. Even if you don't get any improvement, um, that could be a spot where if you are looking to add, um, another young player you could probably even more likely than inside linebacker just because there are so many already um along the defensive line i think that you could you could definitely see an addition there um i think it'd have to be like a a clear-cut number one i don't think that they're looking for another Just say like Naeem Rodman, Lloyd Murray, um, 
Janaz Jordan type of player. Um, guys who guys who are talented football players, but still just need to prove it. I don't think that they're looking to add somebody who would just be one more body to kind of sort through as they figure out who's going to see the field. Um, you know, with Terrence Lang, with Jalen Sami kind of locked into starting spots, probably. If there is a stud out there, somebody who you look at and say, okay, you you were, what, a starter who came off on third downs or something like that for a big-time school, you know, maybe not quite like the Ohio State level, but just below that, flirting with the top 10 school, you know, that type of player maybe gets in. Um, but outside of that, probably just doesn't make sense because you have two studs. You have five guys, maybe even more, who you're excited about and want to get reps for, and you're probably happy just to let them grow into the that third spot. Um, offensive line, again, m- maybe a tackle, maybe a freshman tackle, but again, they, they, they added Max Ray from the portal already. That's what you want is a guy like that who can compete um, for that right tackle job with a uh, Kanan Ray, um, Jake Wiley could probably be fitting in there. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think that you need another body on that offensive line. Um, tight end, that's an interesting one. I, I wonder. You know, it it would really depend just on how they felt about how camp went for these young guys. Um, Caleb Fourier, Eric Olson, um, Louis Passarello. Um, yeah, if if they decide that what they saw wasn't enough, then maybe they do look for somebody else who can, you know, compete with Matt Lynch to be the number two. I doubt it though. I doubt they'd spend another scholarship here unless again, it's like that freak athlete type of deal. Um, receiver. I think they're set at receiver running back. They're set at running back quarterback. This is a conversation. Um, I don't think that they're looking for another quarterback. I think that, you know, it was a three-way competition, and I think that Sam probably realized that he was number three in that competition, and it was unlikely that he was going to come back and win that competition. Um, Because of that, I still think that they're happy with Shrout. I think that they're happy with Brendan Lewis. And between those two, I think that they're confident that they'll get the quarterback play that they want. At the same time, though, again, that's the most important position on the field, and if you can upgrade it, then you do. I don't know who that guy is who would really who would really change things um, at that position right now. Um, I'm going to pull this up just to make sure there isn't anybody else. Yeah, I mean... I, I just don't see anybody who stands out. Oh, at the same time, this is when we're going to have the, the Luke McCaffrey conversation. Like I mentioned earlier, Luke um, went to Valor High School um, here in Colorado and I believe was recruited pretty heavily by Colorado. Um, 
I can't find the actual list. Oh, I remember. Um, yeah, was recruited pretty heavily. He was the number one recruit out of Colorado, 2019 class, and had offers to all sorts of places. You know, Michigan, Ohio State, um, Washington. So some good schools wanted Luke McCaffrey. He chose Nebraska. I can't uh, I can't explain why, um, and didn't play all that much. So let's see, yeah, didn't play all that much in his first year there. Played a little bit more last year. I went back and watched some of last year. You know, there's he's a good runner. He is a good runner, and I almost think that he'd be better off just switching to like running back or receiver and going that route. But that's not the point of this conversation. Uh, as a quarterback. He, he can make some good throws. He doesn't make any, like, great throws, or at least he didn't when he played last year. I think he threw for, like, just under 500 yards with a touchdown and six interceptions. I only saw a couple of the interceptions. One of them wasn't really his fault. Or That's not true. It was a fourth down, and he pushed the ball out there because you just have to try something, and it got picked off, and the guy should have just knocked the ball down. Um, he just hasn't really done anything that makes you think, yeah, he's going to come in and be better than J.T. Shroud. And not because I think J.T. Shroud is going to get the job. I th- it, it is very close between those two. Um, but I do think that it's really easy to compare the tape for those two. And when you do that, I come away saying I'd rather have Shroud than McCaffrey. At the same time, you know, Luke McCaffrey was a four-star recruit. He was like the... Did he go out as an athlete? I want to see where he ranked among quarterbacks, but I can't find that. Yeah, he they called him an athlete, which is weird. Um, but yeah, there's just... Uh, I don't think that that is the route that the Buffs would want to go. At the same time, though, maybe they do want a three-way competition. I also think that... I don't know. There's, there's a lot at play here. Things like Luke McCaffrey obviously wants to go somewhere he can start. That's what the Louisville coach said today when he decided to transfer. He said that he came in here looking to start. At the same time, Mikhail Cunningham, maybe not the best quarterback that, that you'll find, but he was one of the most fun to watch last year. And if you're Luke McCaffrey saying, oh, I think I can beat out Mikhail Cunningham, I think that you probably do say, I think I can beat out J.T. Shrout and Brendan Lewis. Um, I would disagree with that assessment, and it turns out he was wrong about Louisville. Um, Again, he's going to look for somewhere where he has the best opportunity to play. Maybe he does think that's somewhere like here. Um, I, I don't. I wonder, you know, Colorado State probably makes more sense, in my opinion, for him. Um... Northern Colorado, by the way, where his dad, Ed McCaffrey, coaches. Uh, that uh, They just landed Dylan McCaffrey, who transferred from Michigan. And so I, you wouldn't want to compete with your brother in a quarterback battle. As much fun as that would be. That would be like the, the way to draw eyes to Northern Colorado is to have Ed McCaffrey judging a quarterback competition between Dylan and Luke. But yeah. Um, I imagine there are some bus fans like talking about Luke McCaffrey and I'm not going to say it's impossible. 
it just doesn't quite add up to me if I was really on either side of this. Um, I don't know. He, he He's close enough that maybe you do want him in there to compete. Maybe that just makes things hectic, though. Oh, the other thing is eligibility. So he might not be eligible because um, you get there's the one-time transfer rule now, which means you can transfer and play immediately wherever. But that's what he did to get to Louisville. And does he now does he now have the chance to transfer again? And since he didn't play there, will they just like pass along that exception? Maybe? And, and I guess he's a quarterback, so you can usually work around those rules anyway. Um, but yeah, there's some interesting stuff there. If I were to guess though, where these two scholarships would go, um, one's gonna go to a safety. I think so. Um, I think that's an easy guess because you know it kind of adds up on paper. Um, plus, they obviously already thought that that was something that they should do when they added a Tonza Vonger. From there, the other scholarship, I don't know. I don't know. Um, it's really tough. Because I'm going to say... It's, it's not quarterback. I don't, Actually, let's leave that one open. Let's leave that one open. It's not running back. It's not wide receiver. I don't think it's tight end just because there's so many of those guys right now. Like, I can't imagine that they, they, they basically cut one tight end and then the next week add another tight end to get back to 12 tight ends on this roster. It just doesn't add up to me. So we're going to say no to tight end as well. Offensive line, like I said, you've got four starters returning. You've got uh, some some guys you've been developing for a couple of years who are competing to 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 get that final job on the offensive line. And on top of that, you did just add a transfer in Max Ray, plus Noah Fenske too uh, from from Iowa, who he's more of an interior guy, but he's going to be a part of this as well. So I'm going to say no on the offensive line. I guess you got to keep the defensive line open in case there is somebody who can make a big impact, you know? Like, if Antonio Alfano had, like, a year of experience under his pelt, he would kind of be perfect. Um, outside linebacker, again, I'm going to say no. And maybe they do give the scholarship to a freshman. I don't think it's inside linebacker. They've already done that. I can't imagine them adding another corner probably it is pretty crazy though because they've got three guys at cornerback who are not going to be true freshmen this year it's a little bit deceiving because christian gonzalez does have a year of experience under his belt but maybe that is somewhere where they add somebody don't count it out as weird as it would sound and then how would that work because I don't even think he'd need to be that good. You just need somebody who could compete with Nigel Bethel and Jalen Stryker. Somebody who you think has a, a reasonable chance to beat out one of those guys. To be your number three. And if he is your number three, then a lot of the time he's not on the field. And when he is on the field, you probably push Makai Blackman into the slot. So, 
and again, you they're, they're going to change every week what that looks like. Um, when you play against like the USC, Arizona State, um, UCLA, you're probably running a bunch of corners out there, and it could be valuable. I don't know. I, maybe that that is a possibility. But yeah, definitely a safety. Dude, it's really hard to, to call which other spot this is going to be. Um, and because of that, you know, you can justify saying it could be a quarterback. It could be Luke McCaffrey. Which is interesting. Again, though, going back and watching, he's he's a really good runner. And in fact, he even last season before he played quarterback, he was playing running back. I mean, he was still working out with the quarterbacks and all that. But in the first game of the season, he went out there, lined up at running back a couple of times before he subbed in for Adrian Martinez. I don't know. I have a tough time believing that he would actually beat out these guys. But who knows? Um, this is going to be really anticlimactic if I can't pick something. Uh, honestly, here's what I'll say. I bet they give out a 20th scholarship to a freshman. I bet that they just go best player available. Just whoever's out there who they can land. Somebody who decommits late, they're going to get in on and see if they can add him. Um, it is interesting, though, I guess, to look back. So th the way it works is... Basically, like, first-year head coaches, they have this window. It's about a year where they can essentially, like, cut players from the team who were added by the previous coaching staff and then um, open up that scholarship, be allowed to use that scholarship and give it to somebody else, but they still have to, um, you know, like, pay for the other kid's school. You can't just say, like, nope, actually, you don't get to go to school here anymore. Um, you still have to pay for that. There's like other rules that go into it, but that's the gist of it. There were a couple of guys who that happened to last week who I believe we talked about. Um, but the point is, if you're going to do that to open up, I guess they wound up opening up one scholarship because I think they were, they must've been over the limit. Um, they must've wanted to do something with that scholarship and that was before Atonza Vonger left. So that Atonza Vonger scholarship is either going to him or to another safety. I wonder what they want to do with that other scholarship. Interesting. Interesting. Um, that's going to do it for today. I'll be back tomorrow. I think tomorrow we're talking about something. I can't remember what we're talking about. Oh, there was another thing I wanted to talk about today, but we didn't get to it. So I know one of the things we'll talk about tomorrow um, UCLA made like a decision to do something that I think was a good decision. It's a decision that I think that all college athletics programs should do. And there's a big reason why. And I wonder if that's enough of a teaser to let you figure out where we're going to go. We'll, we'll probably talk about that tomorrow, but then we also are behind on, uh, no, wait, today's Wednesday. So we're not behind on like the next year's opponents thing. So definitely keep an eye out for tomorrow's podcast because it's going to be fun. See you guys then.